Um, all right. I think, well, I don't think we are live now. We're good. Um, ben, mic check. Mic check. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Today we have uh, one of my coolest friends, Ben, dun, 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 on the podcast. Uh, among many other things, Ben is a geologist. He's a, I, I can go on and on. I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, my name is Ben. Uh, yeah, professionally, I guess I would say geologist and uh, ge- geophysics is uh, primarily what I do professionally, and that's uh, electrical and magnetic surveys for mining companies, uh, geothermal companies. Uh, we go out way into the wilderness and set up all these different surveys to collect uh, to collect data about the subsurface that these companies use. Uh, they collate it with other types of data and basically try to pick drill targets. So that could be for gold, copper, gold, copper, lithium, uh, iron, uh, all sorts of different types of precious metals or I guess critical minerals is what uh, a lot of people are calling calling them these days. And then uh, geothermal is also uh, another area that we're starting to do a lot of work in. So a lot of areas around Nevada, Arizona, uh, Montana, Idaho, Utah, yeah. the whole Southwest. Yeah. That's where I spent a lot of my time. Yeah. And Ben is also uh, a runner, right? Yes. Right? I love to run. <laughs> Running is great. Ben just did... Well, the the plan was thirty, but he- yeah, my brother is turning thirty. Happy birthday to my brother! Uh, in two days, so I went up to celebrate with him, and we were gonna run thirty miles. We only made it twenty though, and then we kind of had to we had to stop after that. But twenty was good. That's crazy. I, I and I was I was joking with Ben earlier because. When he said 20 miles, he was like, well, we can't do 30, but we did 20. And I was like, 20 is a lot. <laughs> You're like, we only did 20. My brother is a very, very motivated person. And I love being around him because it's good to be around uh, people that, you know, push themselves really hard. And my brother and I are very close in age, only one year apart. So we push each other a lot. And That's we good. compete together. So I've always been the runner. You know, I've been, you know, doing running my whole life since middle school, high school and a classic try-hard D3 athlete, very <laughs> average. But even despite not standing out ever in a race, I do love running uh, intrinsically, and I like it for me, and my brother picked it up too, and now we push each other a lot. So he's doing That's a marathon, good. and so once we got to 20, was like, eh, you don't want to hurt yourself or like compromise your race. Yeah. So let's just call it after 20, we're good. But it yeah. went, it was a fantastic run. Yeah, that's good. And Ben is, ben is built differently. Um, in addition to all the cool stuff he just mentioned, we met in boxing, actually. He was beating my yes. ass. And was, that is not true. <laughs> Michael has faster hands than me. Um, yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I was like, who is this guy kicking my ass? This That's not Super true. fit, ripped guy. That is not true. But yeah, boxing is great. Yeah. That gym has been a great place for a lot of people to meet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. A lot more people are showing up now. City Boxing in San Diego. Yeah. Sh- shout out. Um, that place is great. Great place. Um, I was going to ask you what, I feel like you do so many different things. You also travel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot um, of travel. So I feel compelled to ask you, like, how would you define yourself? 
Because most people, and as you think about that answer, most people, when you think about that, the first thing that probably goes is like work, right? What they do. Yeah. But you do so many things and you're so much more than what you do, even though you have a strong passion for it. So how would you actually, how would you define yourself outside of work? Um, that's a great question. I feel like for better or for worse, my work kind of has shaped some of my, who I am and my personality. I think that's just because of the nature of my work. And anyone that travels a lot for work and spends the majority of their time traveling is probably going to empathize with this a lot. When your schedule is to be gone for 30 to 40, sometimes 50 days at a time, and you're working nonstop in the field or in an area, and then you're back home and you're off for a couple weeks mm. to be around people. So it's like a deployment, uh, kind of, you know, just to make this real for you. My last project was 50 days long. You know, yeah. I spent three weeks in Nevada and then. In the, the Nevada heat, in by the Nevada way, it doesn't work. feel good to be out there. That's no, for sure. it was rough. But after Nevada, we went to Southern Arizona to work. Oh my and gosh! We spent, uh, you know, thirty days down there in hundred degree weather. The party don't stop. An exploration. You got to oh, keep gosh. working. We need to find the find the minerals. Um, I know this isn't like a, I wanted to find myself outside of work, but like work has shaped me a lot just because of how much traveling. So I think. Uh, I would like to describe myself as a resilient person and a person who is comfortable being uncomfortable and a patient person because a lot of times when you're trying to finish these projects and you're gone for a long period of time, you have to be patient because as bad as you want to be home, and I love my job and I love field work, but you know, after a couple of weeks, you want to get back home to your loved ones and your family and your friends. Um, but you have to be patient and you have to push through a bunch of stuff. So I uh, feel like I really had to figure out how to make that work for me and how to, to deal with that sort of lifestyle. Uh, outside of work, um, I'd like to, I guess, characterize myself as a, uh, as a lifelong learner. I really... I like that, by the I, way. That's a really good yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. I uh, feel like that term's kind of in vogue right now, but it's great. I mean, I, I, love, I love to learn, so I like working out of my old school textbooks. I like um, practicing different problems or just doing my own research, especially research into my own field of, of geophysics, just to make sure that I understand what I'm talking about when I'm working with client or groups. But outside of, outside of work, um, I'm a musician as well. I love to play the guitar and play with my friends. And I like pursuing that and setting aside time to work on something like music or like learning another language uh, is like a really good exercise for your brain. So I really like um, having all these different passions to, to pursue. And those are things that are like central to me. So um, despite what other stuff I might be dealing with in life or whatever, I'll always know that I can either play some music or practice learning another language or read a book or go for a run or go to the boxing gym. I can fall back yeah. on any of those things and I'll start feeling pretty good again. Yeah, that's really good. That's a very um, long, detailed answer. And I appreciate you putting a lot of thought into that. Seriously. Um, Speaking of boxing, I want to actually take it back to boxing, and then we'll, we'll get back to the All right. <laughs> so what actually got you into boxing? I had never done a combat sport before in my life. I'd always been a runner. 
And, and, and just so you know, guys, I'm sure he'll disagree with this because he's too humble for his own good. But um, Ben is really good at boxing. At least he, he's um, he's definitely one of the the top guys at the uh, at the box boxing gym. And uh, that is not true. There and, are legit and, dangerous <laughs> people there that have been see, doing it a long time. I knew he'd Maybe, come in. <laughs> okay, compared to someone, I've been going there for a year and a half. So, like, maybe compared to someone that's been going for, like, two months, yeah, I'd be yeah. better. And I'm in pretty good shape, I'd say. I Look, I appreciate you. too lavish with your compliments. Oh, gosh. No, it's, it's true. It's true. Um, but anyway, sorry. Go ahead. What got you into boxing? No worries. Thanks for asking. Um, I had never done a combat sport. I'd always done running, you know, and it was always long-distance running. So while running is, running is really tough and running a race is really hard, like anyone that's had to race a mile or race a 5K, like it's very challenging to keep pushing yourself uh, and it is survival. It's not quite the same as like having someone actually battle you physically where they're attacking you. You are battling someone physically when you're racing against someone because you can feel their energy mm. and they can feel your energy so if you're pulling away from someone sometimes that can force them to push harder to get past you and mm. maybe you can find a gear you didn't have because you're racing someone um but it's not the same as a confrontation with uh i guess actual physical violence and it's not that i support or enjoy physical violence but like actually being tested that way uh i think has been really really good for my confidence uh, a lot of times out there in the field, um, I'm going to relate it back to my job. <laughs> it's yeah. going to sound like my only identity is my job. No, but, no, it's, I'm sure it's, I know it's not. Um, I work with a guy who used to be an MMA fighter. And professionally, I think he is 11 and 1. Um, he hasn't been competing much since then, but he, you know, he's this guy is massive and jacked and he's a jujitsu guy, but he also does the striking and he's really popular on the crew. Everyone likes him and hearing about like the fights that he had done. And so I felt inspired after meeting him to give it a try myself. So I uh, started going to the boxing gym yeah. and bought some gloves and started doing the exercises. And I found myself feeling way more confident in my body and my movement running is an athletic sport, but it's not athletic in terms of like your movement, you know, yeah. like, like NBA players are very graceful the way that they, you know, can dribble and move around and move laterally very quickly. And, uh, baseball players are incredible the way they can like field infield, infield ground balls or yeah. stuff like that, you know, quick movements, like long distance running. You're not doing a lot of like quick shifting or explosive movements. You're just running yeah like, that's yeah. all it is so it felt really good to test myself physically in a way that i wasn't accustomed to and uh just the sport of boxing is really beautiful and cer cerebral and uh, all the different combinations and counters and traps that they set for each other and the way they move i always thought it was really attractive and graceful and yeah i kind of wanted to feel some of that myself yeah i would definitely say a year and a half going on two years into this boxing experiment definitely has like helped my confidence and boldness and decisiveness when I'm making decisions out there in the field or when I'm talking with people just in general. Yeah. It does, it does uh, pay off in that respect. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, that's a really good point. And even to add to all the cool thing you just said, uh, the cool things that you just said is uh, boxing is one of the hardest things I've ever done. I don't know if you felt that way totally, when you first started. Totally. But it feels harder than like some of the workouts I remember doing in college. Yeah. It's like, here, go run 10 miles, fine. But to actually have to spar somebody for like three minutes it's, it's, and not be exhausted? Yeah. It's, no it's way. insane. And it gave me a newfound respect for professional boxers 
because when you watch them box on TV, it just looks so effortless, right? And they just you keep can, going. Yeah, they can. You can watch them literally for an hour. Those I'm, guys are specimens, like absolute yeah. specimens. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes rounds are like four minutes each or three minutes each, whatever it is. And it's, boxing is three, and it's twelve rounds. So yeah, that's almost an hour of a little over an hour of. Uh, sorry, not an hour. A little over thirty minutes. Yeah, straight of fighting at a high level and it looks simple or easy or effortless on tv in real life it is not after five minutes just tired it's crazy um and it's funny uh because after being in boxing for six months i started realizing the importance of conditioning Mm -hmm. because then when the the new guys would come in Mm -hmm. and then you'd realize but you're not tired they're tired so now you're just like you just keep going you're exhausted it builds you up what i was saying when you feel someone get tired when you're running a race that can build you up when you can sense that someone is like uh gassing out or getting tired that can like give you a second wind right it's almost like you're stealing their energy it's weird yeah that's a real thing yeah it's a real thing you can totally take someone's energy away from them it's a real thing and even the um the confidence you spoke spoke of does this mm-hmm. i've never had an issue with confidence um myself at least as an adult um but there's this added confidence it gives you and not the confidence where you want to like fight people or no definitely you not. feel like you're now you can defend yourself but you couldn't before maybe that's part of it but the confidence the confidence i'm speaking of is this like um subconscious like internal yeah, confidence agree. it gives you Having you know. been through certain experiences and then you come out the other side, that makes you a lot more stronger and a lot more resilient. Like um, when I first started doing field work for mining, like I used to think like a two week job was like a really long time. That was a long time for me to be away. Yeah. Now I just, you know, as I said earlier, I wrapped up a 50 day job and that was hard for sure. But like I was able to get through it because I've done sequential jobs of longer and longer shifts like you know 20 days 30 days 40 days and so you can become like adapted and more resilient um to uh to basically endure yeah and you know i think that like with boxing now any real fighter would actually like destroy me of course but like the small taste that you and i have had from it is enough to kind of open up your mind to like, hey, if I can deal with this or get through this situation, then there's so many other things that yeah. I can get through. A hundred percent. Being 100%. resilient, I think, is like one of the things that's teaching. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, you're right about that. The, like the growth that it helps you with, and something I've even noticed just in general is some of the best growth I've had in life in general is from doing really difficult things that I don't have to do. Yeah. yeah. In boxing falls under that category no one is forcing you to get no, up that's like, the hardest part 4 a.m yeah. let's go train you know like, you know you're choosing to do it of yeah your own volition it's one thing to do something that's or to go through something that's hard or do something that's hard because you have to mm-hmm. but it's another thing to willingly do it when you don't have to like running 20 miles yeah when you don't have to like there's no adulation there's no trophy like waiting for you it's not like an actual competition right no it's just you those are the moments where we also grow a lot in addition to the other ones where we go through things that you know we're not prepared for i totally agree you know i think like back when um when you're asking me about like like how would i describe myself or i guess when anyone like it with anyone like thinking about how they would describe themselves i think that uh, accomplishing things and accomplishing goals you set for yourself uh, is a great way to kind of build that sort of identity for yourself 
and it doesn't have to be like yeah the next day i'm gonna go out and run 20 miles like any goal can can start any goal will do really like maybe you want to run one mile two miles or yeah maybe you just want to actually go to a go to a brazilian jiu-jitsu class and, and try it out and see it i think that like in general being like a curious and inquisitive person um is a good thing and any passion usually just starts with you know, with curiosity. Yeah. Any passion. I like that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So like you and I are both curious about boxing started that it's definitely a passion now. Um, you know, it, it, it could be literally anything. I think that as you get older, it's harder to be patient with your progress. Uh, like for example, you mentioned to me that you wanted to learn music at some point, learn a guitar. You know, and if you want to go on that journey, I will absolutely help yes, you. Yes, yes, it's would, happening for buddy, sure. Buddy, I would get in there, like hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Um, learning guitar is a rewarding, but at the same time frustrating task. You know, because uh, you know you have to build the finger strength, you have to learn the chords, knowing like the notes of the scales, and it is uh, frustrating when you look at uh, like songs and you look at stuff on YouTube of people just shredding. You know, yeah. they're just amazing. They're insane at guitar. And it's hard not to get disillusioned when you uh, are exposed the way we are to greatness of so mm. many levels. I think that, like, in general, most of us are pretty normal people. So um, I, I think, like, it's better to just kind of focus on what makes you happy about it and what you like about it and work on it that way and not get too bogged down about... Um, how you compare with other people. Right. Um, I think that if you go into guitar and you keep thinking like, oh, I'll never be as good as Jimi Hendrix or I'll never be as good as an acoustic guitar player as uh, Tony Rice, you know, um, pick a guitar hero, you know. Yeah, you're going to be frustrated, but like, is that, a, is so is that reason enough to not learn guitar? Yeah. It's a horrible reason to not learn guitar. You should learn guitar because you want to learn how to guitar and you want to learn chords and songs. And you should right. go for it and like it'll be your own music journey. It'll yeah. be your own thing. You're right about that, especially when you use the word curiosity. That's really, really important. Do you think it's something that we're born with or is it something that can be taught? Because... As you meet people throughout your journey, you notice that certain individuals are just more curious than others. I would agree with that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so for people who are not curious by nature, who don't have the desire to learn or do anything or strive for a higher, to get better at something or to learn something new, they're just more um, occupied or preoccupied with their daily life and like just surviving and mm -hmm. whether it's taking care of their kids or themselves or their Maybe parents or whatever the or they don't have the time to, to pursue something yeah which in that case that's hard um we're i'm fortunate enough and you're fortunate enough to not have too much but i but i think i think we always have time it just it, it goes back to priorities right so it's yeah. you're prioritizing what's important to you like you can say you don't have time for boxing and fill that time slot with something else Totally. But then in that case, it's just because boxing isn't your priority. You know, ever since, uh, you know, our iPhones now tell us uh, what our weekly screen time is, you know, and like... I know, right? It's like, oh, you definitely have like, time. You definitely have time <laughs> if you're doing that. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, yeah, I agree. So again, the question is, do you think um, curiosity can be taught or do you think it's something you're born with? Um, boy, that's a tough question. I don't know. I feel... 
Oh, can be learned. I, I think I it can be learned. Actually, I definitely know it can be learned. Um, and I think that like the best way to get curious about something is to have it directly impact you. Mm. Um, the best example would be physics. Um, when I was in high school and college, I couldn't stand physics. It was my least favorite subject. It was the classes that mm. I performed poor, poorly in. Um, you know, it, it was not something that I wanted to really concern myself with. I just focused on the rocks uh, for yeah. for studying geology. <laughs> and uh, you know, professionally, I got hired by a company that specialized in geophysics. And then, like really quickly, it became apparent to me that I didn't have a very strong background in this material, despite having gone to college. Hmm. So that was opened up a whole can of worms of like, oh my God, I just finished college, but I don't know enough to like really explain what's going on. And do I, do I really understand this gear, this equipment, this data? Yeah. So it was a very like humbling, um, a very humbling moment where it's like, wow, just because I went to college, this doesn't mean that I like know enough to be a professional yeah. in this field which um, I don't know how true that is of all vocations <laughs> and all fields, but for me, it was definitely true. And so like, I got curious about geophysics as a consequence of like wanting to understand my job better and wanting to be better at my job, you know? And then it just kinda grew from there. Now I would say like physics is uh, what fascinates me the most, especially electromagnetism and the, the way that we can measure you know, changes in Earth's physical properties to, you know, map the geology, to map struct structures in the subsurface, to find ore bodies, to find oil and gas, to find, you know, potentially viable geothermal fields. Like, I actually see so much better now the utility that physics has in a geological context and the impact that that has on my daily life. So it's given me a completely new appreciation for it. And that's where all my curiosity and my passion for this field comes from. Mm. Because one, it was out of necessity to do a better job. But then once I started to learn more, it kind of opened my eyes. Uh, but I never, you know, if professionally I had gone in a different way, like maybe like an environmental route. Yeah. I could be sitting here talking about, you know, oh my gosh, I never knew that there was so much that went into, you know, cleaning up Superfund sites, for yeah. example. So... I think it's almost like a consequence of like where you let life take you. Sure. Um, but I do think, I guess to answer your question, I think it can be learned. Yeah. Um, That's good. Yeah, I would That's say good. so. I think that, it can be learned. There's hope for everyone. Yeah, there are definitely more <laughs> curious people than other people. That's for sure. Um, but like, I do think it can be learned. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. Okay. That's good. Um, I, I agree. I guess in certain circumstances, I feel like your environment has to be um, prepped sure. for that to happen. Sure. So whether that environment involves the, the parents you grew up with or your friends, maybe you didn't grow up in a curious household, but now you have friends that mm -hmm. are super curious. So it's meeting the right people, meeting the right people, for sure. surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, I really want to um, delve into um, geology a little bit, but before I do, I think I wanted to ask you, so like growing up for you, um, how was that growing up for you? And did you have an idea of what you wanted your future to look like while you were like younger? Did you have any inkling that you end up 
being where you are right now career-wise? Or did you have any interests in physics at the time? Could not have predicted this. Could yeah. not have predicted this. Um, if you gave me a hundred chances, yeah. I would never have predicted that I would end up in mining and exploration. And you're, and you're from New York, right? I'm you from New upstate York. New York. Okay. Yeah, the, the countryside. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a musician. I played the saxophone and I loved jazz music. Still love nice. jazz music. Um, I still have the saxophone, but I don't play as much as I used to. But yeah, when I, you asked me when I was like 14, 15 years old, I've been like, I'm going to be a jazz musician in New York City and I'm going to be wildly successful. Wow. And um, yeah, it didn't take long to realize that that probably was not going to happen yeah. no matter how much I loved. Can I, can I jump in and say, it's, sure. there's, I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a level, there's some level of travesty in the idea that almost all of us when we're growing up, there these things that we really want to be, whether it's yeah. an astronaut or a musician or an actor or an actress or whatever it is. Sure. And for some odd reason, there's something that always happens where like life says, come here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to you. That is not going to happen. Yeah. Go find something else. Like, I feel like there's some part of me that feels like, man, imagine if we lived in a world where as a kid, what you wanted to be was a real possibility where you didn't have to jump through any hoops or have the right right amount of money or like have the right connections yeah. or have the right this or have the right that where you could just go straight that's to true. where you wanted. That's definitely true. I think it's unfortunate. Um, sometimes you don't get the support that you need. Yeah. In my case, I 100% had the support. I had the support of my family. Um, I had the support of my friends and I definitely had the chance to realize that dream of being a musician but I think the thing that just sort of freaked me out was that as I was getting older and everything, I, I was always running cross country and track and field and focusing a lot of time on the saxophone as well. That was my main instrument. That was what I was going to go to a music conservatory for, uh, playing the saxophone. Yeah. And I kept, you know, meeting people. And when I actually my first year of college, I actually was a music major before nice. I switched to geology. But I always ran cross country and track and field, and a lot of the people on my teammates, like they were like bio majors or you know business majors, mathematics, uh, physics too, and everything. And they were just talking about like their classes and things that they were learning, and it just sounded like so much more work and so much more like valuable work, I guess I would say, than what I was doing, what I was doing was what I'd always been doing, which was like practicing scales and learning songs and all this kind of stuff. And I, you know, not that that's not valuable. We need music, like music is great, but I yeah. just kind of, I kind of sat down and thought about it. I was like, look, if I, and I was 18 at this time, I was like, okay, I'm 18 years old. I was like, if I'm going to be a famous musician, I feel like I should have been on a different path yeah. a while ago <laughs> and it should be already like, I don't know. I'm not saying that this is like true, but this was my thought process. I was like, I don't think I'm on the right path here to make that happen. Like I don't mm. live in New York city or LA. I'm in upstate New York. This doesn't make any sense. I'm taking on student loans to, to do this. Like this doesn't make any sense yeah. like at all. I don't see how this is going to happen. And then I thought about who actually made a lot of money in music or who I perceived to. And I thought, well, it's all the superstars, yeah. the famous people. Now a lot of people are in a living, make playing music that, go to school for it, sure. But like my perception at the time was like, well, a lot of these people didn't even go to school for music. Like the, you know, right place, right time. Right, and right. It, it just seemed like too capricious a career route mm. to 
to justify the amount of money that I would have had to thank God I don't have those loans now. <laughs> yeah, no, so, seriously. So I took a gap year at a community college and um, had a great math teacher who pushed me into the sciences and then I picked geology and then yeah. I just followed that ever since. Nice, nice. So from your perspective, um, how would you define geology for people who don't know what that entails? They know of the word, but they don't really understand the world of geology. So sure. how would you define geology and then why is it important? I would define geology as the study of the earth and earth processes. And the reason that geology is important is because all of our raw materials uh, are extracted from the earth. So everything that builds our homes, our cities, our cars, everything that fuels transportation is dependent on the earth. And then we live on this planet and it's a dynamic planet. The earth is always changing, has always changed since it was formed. So it helps us, you know, understand how to best live yeah. uh, in harmony with, with our planet by studying it. If we had no one studying the earth, we wouldn't have any, you know, innovation. We wouldn't have any technology. Right, right. We wouldn't be able to understand, you know the climate crisis or anything like yeah. that. So geology is uh, tied to the climate. It's tied to our lives. Every like aspect of human life is uh, touched by geology. Yeah. That's why it's important. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because even with the few things you mentioned, there's so much that we don't take into account like I mean, just like living, like living every day, like going going about our lives. Certainly, there's so much we don't take into account about like geology and how um, we have this, or at least we need to have this symbiotic relationship with our environment, with the earth. Yeah. Um, so it's just interesting to to hear you um, break it down that way, and for me to really realize we don't really take a lot of these things into account. You know. Yeah, no, I definitely would agree. I mean, like a great example would be uh, the electric car push that's happening right now. Like in California, um, they, they want to be fully electric yeah. with all their vehicles by, I think, 2035. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, I it think is it's is it 2030 or 2035. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like not that far away. And this is the most populous state in the country and everybody drives. So like you don't get electric vehicles without extracting minerals. Mm. In order to build an electric car, you need uh, lithium, you need copper, you need cobalt, you need, you need all kinds of things. Yeah. And so a better geologist than me or someone that's more in touch uh, with like production of commodities, um, I'd encourage people that are interested in this to look at the usgs.gov website or to just do research into where our raw materials are produced and where they're sourced from. Like, um, just my question is, are we going to be able to produce enough of these critical minerals to actually meet, you know, the demand? Yeah. Or is the demand even there? So that's huge. Um, another one would be geothermal energy. Geothermal energy is a alternative or renewable source of energy. We're going to need to develop these plants. So all this stuff takes time. And uh, in order to like meet these objectives, we're going to have to mine. Yeah. I don't really see any way around it. around it, yeah. <laughs> do you, from your perspective, do you um, see a world where... Um, 
the um, industry is changing because of technology in general? Or um, do you see a world where when it comes to geologists in general, it's always going to be the same process? Um, and what I mean by that is, do you see an evolution of that field in any way, shape, or form? Is it something that's going to be impacted by AI or by technology in general? Or is it something that's just always going to be the way it is right now? It's a great question. Um, I'm going to give you the best answer that I have off the top, uh, off the top of my head okay. right now. Because um, that is a great question. Um, I think that geology as a field is certainly going to change. Um, I think that geophysics is actually going to be a far more prominent field and a far more important field of study uh, just because, as far as mining is concerned, we found a lot of the stuff on the surface. And so we need techniques to image the subsurface to be able to look beneath. And, you know, if you're just drilling targets, that's like a drill, like the the diameter of a drill could be like two inches to four inches. That's not really telling you a lot. We want to be able to regionally study a lot of large areas. So I think that we need good innovations in technology uh, to help this field out because it's going to be important for us to keep moving humanity forward. Um, as far as AI and automation, um, well, they'd have to build a good robot that can hike yeah. mountains. So <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sure they will. I'm sure it's possible. Maybe someday, or like a good drone drone survey. Yeah, but you would still need people to operate that. Um, a lot of like the computer science uh, developments that are important for this field are continuing to come up with some of the more like higher level. Uh, iterations of data processing functions, inversion and forward modeling. Uh, those are all aspects of basically processing geophysical data and then modeling it and displaying it. Um, computer science is going to continue to be really, really important. There's a lot of people working on different open source packages for doing that type of analysis. So I think that that's going to continue to grow and expand. Um, Let's see, what else? Um, I have a question for you while you yeah, think. Yeah, sure. I was going to ask you, so based on what you've seen with the, because you mentioned the mining, the mining industry um, a couple minutes ago, I'm actually curious and something I've thought about um, in the past, what impact have you seen firsthand um, that clean energy initiatives have had on the mining industry? And do you think that in the, when it comes to the future, just in general, do you think mining still has a place in our future? Or do you think it's an archaic way of doing things? I think if we're gonna have a future, we need mining. Yeah. There's just no other way. Um, there's no other way right now, or there's no other way? Because when you think about, let's just say, the so yesterday, a uh, former intelligence officer in the federal government just came out and says said literally just said aliens exist <laughs> we have vehicles we have all the stuff the government's been hiding the it, whistleblower right? yeah so with that in mind hypothetically speaking other advanced civilizations exist i have a hard time believing that they mine for example right maybe they do maybe really? they have a different way of mining but there's a possibility um and this isn't right or, or this isn't necessarily like right or I don't I'm just it's a hypothesis. I think there are possibility that 
and other forms of intelligence or advanced civilizations, there's a possibility that they don't need, they don't have a need to mine. There's also a possibility that there's some civilizations that maybe their planet has been destroyed for whatever reason. So now they live in space on this huge, um, you know, Star Trek type uh, spaceship. I don't know. Um, so from your perspective, and again, a lot of this is just hype. Like I'm just sure. Yeah, no worries. Hypothesis. I know what you mean. What, what are your what's your what are your thoughts on that? Do you like you said? It sounds like you think that mining does have a place. Yeah, in fact, more than that, I think that if we're going to continue to advance as a society and as a species, we're going to always need mining. Um, this is all very speculative, but it's kind of hard for me to imagine how another species could have reached our planet without manipulating some sort of raw material, you know? So, like, if you're... I mean, maybe the methods in which they extract those raw yeah. materials are more efficient, but that yeah. would still, that doesn't preclude like some sort of industrial revolution. That's a good point. Um, and getting back to like humanity's need for mining. Um, and, and while you're speaking, if you don't mind, um, I, I, we, I, get, I think we can both assume most people have heard the term mining before, yeah. but they probably don't know not everybody knows what that even means or what it entails. So can you describe oh. what that even entails? Yeah. Like, what does it mean to mine? For so example? to mine something or to do the process of mining is to basically extract uh, some sort of material from the earth. So and that can that can manifest in a number of ways. Uh, for example, there are a lot of open pit mines where basically different sections of the earth are bla either blasted using dynamite and there are highly skilled people that do the blasting at these mines or there are large... So it's pretty much creating a hole inside of... Yeah, you're basically digging a big hole in the ground and then all of that ore, uh, you know, the ore is the... Is the uh, the ore is the material that's carrying whatever is economically viable. So like, uh, like so for example, like a sulfide ore body is going to have all sorts of different types of minerals in it that are, that are useful, that gotcha. we need, or like a gold ore body. Um, and so that material, and it's all rocks, like it's part of like a mountainside or an outcrop or somewhere like that, different vehicles and machines and excavators will be breaking down all those rocks, loading it into large haul trucks that then carry it to another area where it's milled and ground into small pieces and then refined so they can extract what we need. And then the rest of, once we extract the material that we want, the rest of it kind of goes into these big piles called tailings piles or into, into big dumps, which are a whole other topic. I'm yeah. not super well versed in that, <laughs> but that's where a lot of the environmental issues come in. Yeah. It's a huge problem. Mines are better now way better now especially in the u.s than they've ever been before but it is still a wasteful process there's no question about that but even so um like for example it's my opinion that there won't be like a green revolution without mining mm. um without these resources like uh, they have to be hand in hand is, is what you're saying absolutely yeah. like any like like a lot of electric circuits um like they might require gold you know or zinc 
if you want to build a car that's going to require copper, yeah. you know, and lithium, you know, build, you want to build a, a car battery, lithium ion batteries, you know, cobalt's also important. So I just don't really see um, how we could possibly do yeah. without it. So in fact, it doesn't, I don't know, like I would just say if there's anybody that wants to like really make a difference for humanity, like the best and brightest minds, if they were involved in like, a better way of extracting these resources and further optimizing them. That would be let us know. Wonder, that would be a wonderful <laughs> thing. That would that would be great. Yeah. Because me, I'm just a field guy. Like I'm out there doing the survey with the field crew, and I'm collecting the data using a number of different electrical methods. Um, and the data that we collect, we then provide to the mining companies, and then they will use that data to make decisions about where they mine and the stuff that they. Sorry, they'll they'll make decisions about what their drill targets are. Sure, and sure. That, that's how it all kind of ties together. But yeah, I mean, I just I see mining as getting more and more important because yeah. the demand for stuff that's involved in renewable energies is, is all increasing. Gonna, yeah, is all that makes depend sense. On it. Yeah. Now, when you explain it that way, it it makes sense that it's going to be. I can see how it'll be difficult to yeah to kind of push mining to the wayside. I think it's going to get more important. Yeah. I think it's going to only increase in importance. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And then what would you say are, um, obviously you've had a lot of experiences on the field. What are some that that, um, that stick out to you? Oh man, great question. Um, so when you're doing field work for mining, you go out to a lot of different places and you stay in a lot of small towns. So like for example in Nevada, uh, I've worked out of Goldfield, Beatty, Tonopah, oh, uh, Winnemucca, where else? Ely and Pioche, uh, the Atlanta mine, which is near Pioche, stayed in a double wide trailer there for like three weeks. Wow. In Arizona, I've been in Wickenburg, Wikiup, uh, where else? Glow. All these places sound like super small towns, by a the way. A lot of them are really small. Yeah, a lot of them I'm are. I'm like, really wait, I've heard these places before. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's great. One of the be- one of the best things that this field has brought to my life is um, I live. You and I both live in San Diego. You know, enormous city, like one of the one of the big California metro cities. So it's a very big m- m- urban style, you know, city. But I do a lot of my professional work living in very small towns. So I get to kind of have one foot in the city life and then one foot in the rural life. So it's nice to get exposed exposed to both worlds because yeah. I feel like that doesn't always happen. And all these towns are really unique. Um, like, for example, uh, one project I was on, I was working out of Hawthorne, Nevada. Uh, and Hawthorne is an, has a military base there and it's by Walker Lake. Um, and we were working on a on a property near where there's like a wild burrow refuge. Wild so, burrow refuge. Yeah, so burrows are like cute little donkeys. Um, that is crazy. And they just like bray, and they're just running around. There's always like twenty of them, so we'd always see them. And I was working with a friend of mine. We were building an area of the survey, laying out some electrical wire and planting some electrodes. And like this truck rolled up, and we didn't know who it was. And so the guy guy got out, and we're like, "Hi, can we help you?" And he's like, "I'm just trying to find the burrows, but really wanting to watch some burrows for a while." <laughs> so we said, "Well, keep driving, and you'll find him." Yeah. So he had just apparently driven all the way out there just to look at the wild burrow refuge. You yeah. Know? That that was one place. Um, that is so cool. That's such a funny story. Yeah. Another another place uh, 
that we worked was Lead, South Dakota, which is near Deadwood, South Dakota. Okay. It's in the Black Hills. Deadwood's where they had like a cowboy TV show. I've never watched it, um, but apparently they like filmed it there. It's like an old western town. And uh, we were working on a, on a mine near Lead. And in the evening, we went down to, you know, the boys. We work 12-hour shifts, so we go down to, like, have a few drinks at a bar and everything. And they're just playing music nice. at this bar, you know. So, But they were ha- letting anybody go up there and play. So I was like, hey, I want to play. So I went up there, and I started playing guitar with the band. And, like, my crew had never seen me do that before. So they were freaking out, like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that you played guitar. And... Um, uh, yeah, people freaked out. That was like super fun. Or just uh, last place I worked, Wickenburg. I've worked out of Wickenburg, Arizona, like three times, and uh, just playing pool in one area. It, it, it never rains in Arizona, except sometimes it does, and when it does, it's like biblical. So like part of the bar roof collapsed, wow. and it was just raining into the bar while we were while we were shooting pool, you know? So all wow. these small towns are crazy. People yeah. have driven their cattle through our surveys, so we have to like wait for them to, to <laughs> oh be done gosh. driving their cattle. Uh, that is hilarious. Yeah, and you get people zipping, zipping by on four-wheelers or dirt bikes, uh, just all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. There's rattlesnakes out there that buzz you. Um, you get used to that. It's just crazy. It's just a wholly different, intense kind of yeah. life. That's what I love about it. How do you? Wow, I don't even know how to how to unpack all that stuff. That's a <laughs> that's a lot. Um, that's so interesting. What would you say is like an average? Um, what would you say is like your sleeping arrangement when uh, you're okay, when you're yeah. in, the, in the field? So we try to get everybody in their own room that works on the crew. Um, so we'll either rent an Airbnb, which is like everyone's preferred, because then you get like a kitchen, you get a nice place to yeah. live. So you guys are usually all together. Yeah, we're usually okay. living all together, and you're like a family, you know. How many like, people usually on the? A crew can be anywhere from three to like ten people. Okay. You know, so last one I was on had seven people. Last okay. one I was leading had like five. You know, so you get to know these guys really well, and you work every day. Like we don't take a day off. And are they usually the same guys, or every time you go, it's a new team? Most of the same people, but okay. we have enough folks working for us now where we have enough to field like two, maybe three crews at once. So okay. you see a lot of the same faces, but sometimes okay. people get swapped out from sure. one job to the next. Okay. Someone's always got vacation or something that they want to do. So we'll be, all right, this guy's got to leave. We're bringing in someone new. Gotcha. So some people leave during. Yes. Yeah, they'll okay. leave during a project. We'll have to replace them with somebody because, you know. You got to live your life sure, too. Sure. We don't want to keep everyone in the field forever. Makes sense. But you get to know everyone really well. You get to meet a lot of people from diverse backgrounds. I mean, in my experience, I've worked with PhDs. I've worked with people with their master's degrees. I've worked with ex-convicts. I've worked with people that used to professionally ride bulls. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like, so it's a wide array of yeah, people. Because anyone can do the field work. Anyone can. Uh, anyone could be like a, one of the team leaders, like a crew chief is what we call them. Like all you're doing is building the survey and you know running generators and driving four wheelers and side by side. So you just need to know how it gets built. Everyone gets a GPS and a radio and you go out there with a plan. You build the survey and you mm. collect the data. So we get a lot of people, especially a lot of young men, a few young women too now. There's a lot more women in this field now than five, six years ago. Um, that's, yeah. At least that's my experience. I know five, six years is not a long time, but I definitely saw a lot more women the longer I was in the field, which is great. Uh, women and men uh, coexisting on a crew works pretty well. Yeah. And everyone, I think, is like a little bit more respectful. 
Um, sometimes when you just get the boys on their own, they can get a little rowdy. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, you meet a lot of a lot of different people because anyone can do that work, and you get a lot of people that are trying to get out of like a rough job they had, or they just want to be away from life yeah. for a bit. They just want to get out of there. Feel free. Exactly, yeah. and it is liberating because you're yeah. just traveling, you're hiking. Every day we're working in the mountains. You're getting up at 5, 5.30 in the morning, and then you're just hiking up and down. Rain, snow, sleet, hail, or hot desert sun. We work in all types of conditions. I've had to use snowshoes before on a job. I've had to use snowmobiles. I've also had to use, like, full rain suits because it just rained every day. Like, it's just everything. It throws everything at you, Yeah, you know? It definitely sounds like... Sorry, I didn't... No, no worries. No definitely worries. sounds like something that you really, really, really want to ha- like want to do. Like yes, a career, like a career field where it's like, no, this you you're you love this mm-hmm. because it doesn't sound like it's not definitely not a, a rainbows and skittles when you're out no, in the field. Hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be wonderful, but it can also suck. Yeah. And uh, what I tell everybody that's new um, to our company and new to field work, I say, hey, this can be either the best most liberated time of your life or it'll be prison (laughs) it's true though like if you spend it all depends on your mindset like your mindset controls everything that is true about this job like if you have a good attitude you're waking up you're like wow i'm gonna work with a bunch of really cool people i'm gonna learn about them i get to tell them about myself we're gonna go out there and like hike it's gonna be hard work but i'm gonna get like stronger i'm gonna like i mean i've met people that started working for us and they lost like 30 pounds over a couple months wow. you know they got in a great shape just by like getting up early and like you know exerting themselves yeah. and working in the in the hills there manual labor old Absolutely. school old school style and we've got picks and shovels we have to dig wow. holes sometimes and sledgehammers too uh, but if you have an awful attitude and you're like, well, this guy was really pissing me off the other day and the gas station ran out of like the coffee that I want to have and I don't want to work with this person, then, then yeah, like you're going to be miserable. But that's because you're choosing to be miserable. Yeah. And that's, that's the way I see it. Like, yeah. there, there are so many benefits. The benefits are time that is wholly yours. Yeah. Where you are just hiking with other people and working and you've got no distractions. Yeah. It's just, a, and I've been addicted to that ever since. That's why I've been in that field yeah. for over five years. That's a great way to put it. And it's funny, I was going to actually ask you, I want to touch on music a little bit, but yeah. I wanted to ask you one last question about, um, about um, geology. So for someone hearing this or for anybody that hears this in the future that's been thinking about potentially be, becoming a geologist or mm-hmm. uh, majoring in geology, uh, what advice would you give them? I would, hmm. it's a tough field. Uh, The highest earning potential is going to be in the oil and gas industry. And uh, if you want to get into this field for the money, that is where it would be uh, for you. Um, If you're studying geology, um, I would make sure that you study computer science and coding because that's going to get more and more prevalent as we continue to innovate and continue to develop new technologies that rely on coding. Um, It's something that I wish that I had focused more on when I was in school. Um, And go into this field only if you like to travel for work because it involves a lot of travel and a lot of time being away from home. You're either in the field uh, doing the exploration or you're on the mine actually overseeing the extraction 
or you're in the core shed looking at the core that the drill team pulled out, or you're on the offshore rig, or you're out in the oil field. So like to study geology, there's no such thing, in my opinion, as a office geology job. Mm. Like geology and geophysics, especially, first of all, I would say study geophysics, don't study geology. I wish that I studied uh, more geophysics um, as I was going through. And can you just give a quick definition on on what the difference is? Sure, so a straight geology uh, degree program and a professional geologist is going to be more concerned with the types of rocks and geologic processes. So that could be anything like stream flow and sediment carry. It could be things like uh, slope stability. It could be like defining different rocks in different outcrops and building a, a geologic history of an environment or an area. Um, those would be so it's more concerned with the with the actual rocks, the types of rocks, how the rocks formed, how they got there, stuff like that. Uh, geophysics is more concerned with how Earth's physical properties change because of geology. And so when I f- say physical properties, I mean things like electrical conductivity, okay. electrical resistivity. So a geophysicist is really concerned with how current, electrical current flows in the earth, um, electricity and magnetism, mm. how susceptible are certain rocks to magnetism versus others. And then of course, the, the enormous field of seismology. So the mm. propagation of seismic waves, which is a very heady science and it's what a lot of researchers in oil and gas are concerned with. The majority of professional geophysicists are all seismic uh, guys because that's oil and gas. And seismic surveys, large ones, are how are how we identify a lot of uh, fossil fuel reservoirs. Fossil fuel reservoirs. Okay. Okay. So the discovery of fossil fuel reservoirs, a lot of that occurs due to seismic surveys. But like I said, a seismic wave is looking at a property of the Earth, which is basically how dense the material is and how different waves propagate through it. Yeah. So geophysicists far more concerned with how certain physical properties change due to geology and geologists is far more concerned with the actual rocks and how they formed and what processes deposited them. Oh. I hope that's a good answer. No, that's a great, being, an- that's a great answer. Technical. No, that's a great answer. Um, I think it's really important for um, upcoming scholars in this field to be aware um, of all the things you just mentioned. And how to communicate it. Yeah. yeah. Um, communication is really important. And if no one talks about like a field like this one, or if you're not able to, then you know there's going to continue to not be a lot of interest. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And I don't think there's actually a growing concern. According to a lot of my colleagues and people that I talk to on a professional basis, there is a concern that not a lot of people are really interested in studying the geosciences. And that is a huge concern mm-hmm. because... If we want to have you know all these technologies and we want to continue to innovate and develop we're going to need raw materials and we're going to need geologists and geophysicists to help us find the stuff yeah and figure true. out what it can be used for that is very true that's i that was beautifully said thanks that was beautifully said um i was going to ask you but i want to ask you a little bit about music too because i know that you're obviously a musician at art mm-hmm. so yes. uh what does music mean to you? I think that's a very interesting mm. conversation to ask someone that's very passionate about music, like on a deep level, not just a yes. music listener. Uh, so what does music mean to you? What does it represent in your life? Music represents self-expression. Mm. It 
represents uh, unlocking uh, your creative self, or at least to me, it represents unlocking my creative self, uh, my emotional side, and trying to basically find the notes and the rhythms and the melodies that express how I'm feeling or what mm. I'm thinking about or what I'm going through. And music is a wonderful, wonderful thing that, uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to imagine life without it. Yeah. But self-expression and creativity, that, that's, what it, that's what it means to me. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, do you think that you could uh, do it without music? It would be really hard. Um, I could do without music if I. I think that if I didn't know Actually, how to me, play an instrument, let me t- let me rephrase that question. Do you think we, humanity, could do without music? Man, what a boring, colorless life. That I know, that I know. And the reason I asked that because music has been such a big part of my life, my entire uh-huh. life. I listen to music literally every day. It's like saying, "Can humanity do without art? Can humanity do without literature? Great novels." You know? Well, the reason I ask that is because do you really know what you're missing if you never had it before? Okay, yeah, that's a great question. I guess um, maybe we maybe guess we would maybe we would I don't know maybe we would know if you never had it then then no how how could you know you'd have no knowledge uh, of it because I guess I would say but knowing what music is and to have lost it that would be a tragedy and I think that life would be very hard without it because music helps so many things. And uh, it is one of like our great achievements, yeah. in my opinion, as like a species that we have like studied it extensively and like been able like to compose songs yeah. and to provide a structure to music and to create instruments that can manipulate sounds and frequencies in a way that build beautiful harmonies. Yeah. You know, there's actually a lot of overlap between music and physics. Unsurprisingly, and you were gonna say it's, I, all, it's, it's all physics is everything. <laughs> Absolutely, but let's stick like sticking more like the creative side of it. Um, to like live in a world without music is like living in a world without beautiful art, without you know great novels or anything, because it's you know it's right up there in terms of like human expressive achievement. Yeah. You know, you know that's a good point, and it's funny that you bring up physics because I'm actually curious about your about your perspective on the connection between music and physics, but. One thing I've definitely noticed, at least about myself, especially when I'm in like really deep states of consciousness, like maybe mm-hmm. if I listen to music right after meditating mm-hmm. or while I'm meditating, it feels alive. Yeah. Um, there are literally times where I listen to music and it, it feels like an entity, like an, like a living being yeah. telling a story through the lyrics. There are, it's like uh, certain songs have like a narrative aspect to yeah. even if there are no words to them like um, you could be listening to a song that has lyrics that explain like how you broke up with your girlfriend and how that makes you feel or how you're going to another place and or you could be listening to music that has no words at all but because of the tone of the music whether it's somber or light or happy fast yeah. or slow it will connect you with things and I think that much in the same way and I'm only just thinking this over the top of my head. A lot of great books have protagonists that people can see themselves in, you know? Like if you're reading about a character and you really get into the book and you're emotionally mm. attached to them, it's because maybe a lot of times, or at least for me, it's because I feel like I really relate to the character or I 
understand the character or I see something of myself in the character. And with music, a lot of music I feel like touches us in a certain way because it's speaking to something that we are experiencing or going through. I'll give you an example, um, like Nirvana, great band, Kurt Cobain, artist, you know, yeah. part of the culture, everything you like, her? like that. You like Kurt yeah, yeah, I like Nirvana, yeah. but I didn't always. When I was in high school, uh, my brother was listening to a lot of Nirvana, yeah. and I was like, eh, I'm, I like jazz, I'm a saxophone player, I like more refined music. Like I wasn't into it, I was like, all this screaming and the loud guitars, I'm not into it. Then I got a bit older, you know, and like went through more of like life and experienced more things, and then I like you know revisited nirvana as a band and i found that like a lot of like the angst and the craziness and some of it i could relate to it because i'd been through like periods of angst and uh anger and all that stuff in my life yeah and so it like took on a whole new meaning for me and i was like wow i love this music this is amazing so like i feel like our ability to get back to what you were saying about like feeling like the music is alive i feel like it's alive because you know you're alive yeah you're moving through the world and music is this flowing creation. Like in order for music to be, or at least music that's not recorded, it has to be created by somebody, mm. like in time. You know what I mean? That's a good point. It's 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 very it's such a such a deep <laughs> comment. I'm just like reflecting on it right now. No, it's a that's a really, really good point. Um that's a really good point. Um and going back to uh one of the themes that we discussed earlier, which is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say you're you're a geologist, you're a boxer, you're a runner, um, you're a musician, and other things as well. So, if you had to say, if you had another Infinity Stone to add to your um, back pocket, um, what would you say is something that you're looking like a new adventure you're looking to dive into? Language, collect foreign language, language yeah. learning languages, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to go through life and not be bilingual. Yeah. I do have a Spanish teacher. We've been meeting once a week for the, the last year. We'll do, we do Zoom lessons. She's great. She lives in Argentina. So I'm trying to learn Spanish. And then San Diego is full of Spanish speaking people. So there's tons of opportunities to, to practice and try, you know, as long as you're being respectful and you're, you know, it's genuine, it's, it's you know, genuine that you want to learn. Um, yeah, I would say that language is is uh, is up there for me too. Yeah, and uh, I hope to to add Spanish to the tool belt. That's as, a good one. Well. Spanish is. I think we've talked about this. I think we talked about this like a few months yeah, ago. Totally. Spanish is like one of the coolest. I sent you that languages book that earlier. I was learning. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get no, no, Amazon. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I got it. Yeah. Um, so two questions before I let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, one um is you're very well read speaking of books mm. <laughs> um so what book would you uh recommend to someone listening to this it could be any book i'm gonna go with the book that i just finished reading okay uh the book is called the goldfinch by okay. donna tart it won the pulitzer prize for fiction it's a book about a boy named Theodore who is growing up in New York City. Don't give too much away. And uh, <laughs> he steals a painting. Okay. It is an amazing book about uh, art and beauty, uh, and, but also a lot, of, a lot of other things. It's an amazing story. It swept me away. Yeah. The Goldfinch by Donna Tart. Okay. Fantastic read. Okay. Thank you for that recommendation. Everybody listen to that. 
I'm, I'm definitely I'm a, a huge reader. You already know that, mm-hmm. so I'm oh, going to yeah. be adding yeah, that I to know. my list. Um, and then last question is: You've experienced a lot in life, right? You grew up in upstate New York. Um, you uh, were in the same Boston class. That's that teaches a lot, us a lot about life and about ourselves. Um, you've done a lot of field work as a geologist. I'm sure you've learned a lot about even just what you're made of too, and like mm-hmm. your ability to like persevere and keep going. Um, You've dabbled, dabbled in music in the past. Um, you've traveled. You've been to a few places. Uh, so what I say that I say all that to say, um, what advice would you give? Life advice. Your daughter or your son is getting married today. As we speak, they're getting married in one hour. And they run up to you and say, Daddy, I need the best. Not, not even the best because there's no best or worst. Right. I need one or two, but just one would be fine. Um, something you can tell me to, to last me a lifetime. Okay. Um, off the cuff, I would say just remember that what you spend your time on is what you're going to do well. Hmm. Um, we only get a certain amount of time uh, to be alive and to be on this planet. And it's a gift. It's a miracle to be alive. But what you choose to spend your time on is what you're going to be good at. So hmm. if you... Uh, you know, are spending your time, you know, running. Hopefully you improve there. If you spend your time reading, you'll improve there. Just be very aware of how you spend your time, you mm. know. And then focused time is a is a blessing and is a gift that you give to yourself. Uh, to be able to sit down and concentrate on something free of distraction is a wonderful, wonderful way to sort of reboot your brain so just remember that what you spend your time on is what you're going to be good at yeah yeah beautifully said on that note (laughs) (laughs) um ben you're beyond um amazing do you have any uh if people want to find you or learn more about you are you on social media by any chance i don't have any social media ben is too cool for a social media oh, but just too mentally weak yeah. to allow oh, myself stop to have it. it stop <laughs> it but i'm definitely gonna have um ben is one of my good friends um super cool so uh this is definitely not this might be the first but not gonna be the last um chat we have together so um ben thanks again for stopping by any closing remarks Michael has faster hands than me oh, at the boxing gym. <laughs> Thanks I'm for still learning. Me. Oh, yes, yes, you're more than welcome. Um, ben is too kind. On that note, thanks, guys, for listening, in all, as always. And until next time, peace. Thanks and for having love. me. Yes, you're very welcome, Ben.